Good morning, everyone. This is Barry Cox, and let's come to you on a beautiful Thursday morning. It's raining, and we're so grateful that our garden is getting some uh, nourishment from heaven. And so we're looking forward to sharing with you all today, and we just we ask the Lord to nourish us and equip us and empower us to truly be his kingdom and see his kingdom advance. So looking forward to sharing the time with you around God's word. Let's, let's ask him to bless our time. Father, thank you. We are yours. We are purchased by the blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Lord, thank you that you send forth your word and it won't return to you void. Lord, we pray that you would you would uh, rebuke and bind the enemy from trying to steal the word from our hearts. Lord, let your word go forth and bear great fruit for your namesake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, <clears throat> last podcast, um, we dealt with the reality that as we see God's kingdom advance, we will face opposition from the kingdom of darkness. Now, Paul makes this vividly clear in Ephesians 6.10. Very familiar passage, but let's, let's consider it in the context of seeing his kingdom advance in the spiritual warfare that we face. You know, it's very clear here. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, why? Verse 12 of Ephesians 6. Why, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, Peter also says a similar thing in his first epistle, chapter 5, verse 8. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because... Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And so as we have this awareness of the spiritual warfare that we're facing, we there has to be a reality in our hearts and minds that we have an adversary who's who's seeking whom he may devour, and that we need to be ready to resist him. And so, <clears throat> now, as we were, as we were, you know, just going to review last week a little bit and tie this together. And, and so, we also saw last week, how, or last podcast, rather, not just doing it week by week. But anyway, as we saw last week, Jesus and the first church faced great opposition. And it dawned on me an amazing thing. Remember the battle Jesus experienced after his first message in Nazareth? You know, so he, he, you know, he famously declared, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim liberty to captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And so then, after he declared that, the people that he grew up among took him to a cliff to throw him to his death. You know, it, well, last week we reflected on he, how he was even accused of being able to cast out demons by the power of the prince of demons, Beelzebub. And, and when you remember how Jesus t- simply pointed out 
how ridiculous it would be for Satan to cast out Satan. And in further review uh, of last week, Mark's gospel, the chapter 3, verse 27, Jesus gave the, the analogy, the picture of how the, the process of setting captives free. And, and so it's kind of the picture of like, uh, you know, a, a thief has, has taken people captive and holding them in, their, in his house. And so Jesus says, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man and then he will plunder his house. And, you know, we looked at this last week. Also, Luke eleven twenty one elaborates on this. And so it says, you know, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. And so we know that Jesus is that stronger one. Jesus has overcome Satan. And, and, so he, and so again, Satan has people in captivity. And so now we, we through the power of the Holy Spirit, we, we are able to bind the strong man and see people come to freedom. You know, and Jesus verifies this, declares this very clearly in Luke eleven twenty. If I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. As people are set free from the kingdom of darkness, then they're entering into the kingdom of God. You know, and Jesus as as he Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth is his. And then amazingly, Ephesians 2 tells us that God has raised us up with Christ and we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And so now he sends us out in his authority to bind the strong man and spoil his goods. Well, how do we do that? How do we bind the strong man? We use the keys of the kingdom. So we're going, we will, we'll seek to the Lord for more specifics as we progress through this study. That's exactly what we're doing. Why we're doing this? What are the keys of the kingdom? How do we bind the strong man? How do we prevail over the gates of Hades? So as as we go forth in his name in this way, seeking to see the kingdom gun come, we have the assurance of victory. As Jesus humbled himself in obedience to death, this is Philippians 2, as Jesus humbled himself in obedience to death, God the Father has highly exalted him. Now every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, as we proclaim his lordship, as our lives demonstrate the power of his kingdom, strong men will be bound and captives will be set free. Those principalities and powers, their power over people to deceive will be broken. So, as we go forward to see his kingdom advance, what are our marching orders? 
Well, we are to show the world that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as the Father revealed to Peter. Jesus says to us the same thing he said to Peter in Matthew 16, verse 18. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we're going to meditate on the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to do an ongoing series on this. Now, my objective of this, and as I'm, as I'm just seeking to be obedient to the Lord and follow him, the, our objective in this, my objective in doing this, is not to, to declare in, with certainty that these are the keys. Instead, my yearning and my desire is that we would discern the scriptural truths that are keys of the kingdom, and then we would use them to open the gates of Hades to free those bound in eternal death. Now, historically speaking, this Matthew 16 passage, this incident between Jesus and Peter has been weirdly interpreted and applied. The whole of Scripture obviously illustrates that the keys to the kingdom were not to be Peter's exclusive possession. It's not like he's the only one in the kingdom of God with keys. You know, that picture that we all talk about that Peter's sitting at the pearly gates, you know, and, and admitting people in, that's not in Scripture. And neither does Scripture teach that Peter was exclusively, Peter himself was exalted as the head of the church. What does Scripture teach? Jesus himself is the head of the church. Colossians 1.18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So, as we meditate on Matthew 16, why does Jesus say to Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom? Well, because the Father enabled Peter to know who Jesus was. What did Peter say? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter had come to know who Jesus was. John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So we could say, that knowing Jesus is like the master key of the keys. In, in, in meditating on this, let's notice the dialogue that occurred on the night of Jesus' betrayal among the twelve. This is John 14, verse 5 and following. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus famously replied, replied verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. 
still don't get it. Notice what Peter, how Peter responds. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. And Jesus patiently replies and says, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. An amazing verse 11 and following, just amazing in regard to us even taking the keys and, 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 and working in his kingdom. Notice what Jesus says here in verse 11 of John 14. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And then amazingly, verse 12, he turns this and applies it to us. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, got to take a quick aside here. That's talking about prayer, right? And prayer is a powerful key to the kingdom. Amen? Now, we're going to deal with that more as we progress through this study. Lord, give us insight. But now, for the purpose of this introductory uh, thought on the keys to the kingdom, knowing Jesus is the master key of the kingdom. He is God the Son, one with God and equal with God. Now, just to further meditate on this, Jesus' interaction with Nicodemus clearly illustrates this truth and amplifies on what Jesus said to Philip in John 14. When Nicodemus comes to Jesus in John 3, he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, Nicodemus was drawn to Jesus by the works Jesus was doing, but Nicodemus did not know who Jesus truly was. He was thinking of Jesus as a teacher come from God. He did not know Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, Peter was given the keys to the kingdom because he knew Jesus as the Messiah who would be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. And Peter actually here doesn't know Jesus as the Savior yet. Remember how he tried to rebuke him about don't go to the cross? Now, for many, so, so, so for us, the point of all this, what are we, what's our objective here? We want, to, we want to be able to take the keys of the kingdom and use them to see the kingdom advance. So for us, the point really is, do we truly know Jesus as Lord of all? including our own lives, do we really know 
Jesus in such a way that he can give us the keys of the kingdom. Now, for many of us, that may seem like an easy question. Jesus is my Lord. Well, let's not be so quick to dismiss this. Let's reflect on Peter's experience. In a very short span of time, Peter recognized Jesus as the Messiah and received the keys to the kingdom. Then, in the very next moment, it seems like, the reality of spiritual warfare kicks in and Satan seeks to use Peter to turn Jesus from the cross. Well, the Apostle Paul, or excuse me, the Apostle John declares in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. Well, if John describes his time as the last hour, where are we now? We need to recognize the signs of our times and expect the spiritual battles to become more intense. 2 Timothy 3.13 warns us, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Have we ever, has there ever been a time in history where nobody knows what the truth is? He's a liar. He's a liar. You know, but here we are. We got the presidential election coming up, and both both presidents are about to be, uh, you know, on trial as liars. Oh, that's crazy. I, let me move on. You know, Jesus warns us in Matthew twenty four, verse four: "Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many." So the so again, it's the is we're in this time of tremendous deception. In fact, I just heard this amazing thing: there are more Christians in China than there are members of the Communist Party. So the Communist Party is in fear, and so they are actually rewriting Scripture, and they are depicting Jesus as much different than he is in an attempt to sway and influence the Christians to go along with their agenda. There we go. Specific example in our time of modern deception. Well, John concludes his first epistle in chapter 5, verse 19, saying this, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. So, let us diligently seek to truly know Jesus. As we know him, he will give us the keys to the kingdom. And he says to us, do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, we will continue our meditation on these keys to the kingdom in our next podcast. We will do a series on this. So, let's unite in prayer that he will equip us and empower us to see his kingdom come. Let's close in prayer. Father, we are yours, Lord. 
Lord, you are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. You are the key, you are the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we declare that now in our own hearts, in our own lives, in our own minds. Thank you for giving us the mind of Christ. Lord, Lord, we declare Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, Father, we pray that, that, that you would give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. And, Lord, that you would give us the keys of the kingdom, Lord, that would enable us to see your kingdom advance. And so we thank you, Lord. We, we know that this is your will, so we have great expectation for what you're going to do. Lead us, Lord, as we seek to go forward and, and understand the keys of the kingdom and see your kingdom advance. Thank you, Lord. We trust in you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, they all thank you for listening. And uh, God bless your week.